Every week, we chat to ex-players, supporters, and invited guests here on Belmont Banter. Welcome to the official podcast of Whitstable Town FC, whose main club sponsor is Fibertech UK Limited. Hello again, everyone. And this week, we've got Dale Wicketts with us. Now, Dale's no stranger to Whitstable Town. We know about his time at town, but we don't know what he did when he left us or before he came. So, Dale, what's your first memory of football? Where did you first start? First, obviously, um, first sort of memories of playing football would have been, obviously, youth football. I really do remember sort of uh, following me, one of my brothers. He was at Sittingbourne at the time. Yeah. And they used to sort of tag along on a Tuesday night and go and watch him. Because uh, at that time, Sittingbourne were doing really well. You know, brand new stadium. Things things are going really good for them. It was quite exciting times. So there was quite a big buzz around Sittingbourne and... Uh, I don't know if you remember, they had quite a few big teams come down there to play the first team, Spurs being one of them. And I think they had sort of 5,000 fans turn up, you know, and wow. uh, Spurs had brought a, a good side down with them as well. So it was good to see some of them, you know, and that, that was what sort of my first uh, memories, really. Obviously, about sort of how I got into sort of men's football was probably the last year at school, really, probably the age of 15, playing with my brother's team, actually, a team called Collins that were playing in the Saturday Rochester League. And obviously, only being 15, I'm not actually sure I was supposed to, you know, uh, old enough to actually play men's football. So I can't remember if I actually I had to play under a different name. Or, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure. Don't tell me you started football as a ringer. Oh, my yeah, goodness I, me. I think I did, I think I did yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that's where it sort of started. And then... Uh, Obviously, he was playing for school as well, and we had quite a good school team. And we got to, I think it was a semi-final of the Cape Cup for schools, you know, so yeah. it was quite a, quite a good achievement for our school. And uh, we was playing a team from Medway, another school, and me and the goalkeeper got scouted to play the Gillian. So the first game, we played, I think it was, it was a draw and it went to penalties, but what actually happened, it, it shouldn't have, done that, should have gone to a replay. Yeah. So as it happened, we got to play them again at their ground. And so we got sort of two auditions, if you like, to play in front of the uh, scout. So he, he was quite impressed with me and the goalkeeper. And uh, he asked us to go and play for duels, you know. So uh, that, that, that's how it sort of first started. You're a Sheppard lad, aren't you? Is that where you were born? Yeah, well, well, yeah Sheppard born and bred, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so the top end quite... of Kent is ideal for you then? Yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. So, uh, I mean, it's quite a, a history of uh, Sheppey players playing for Whistleball as it happens. And, yes. And that, so I didn't really know until I actually went down there, you know. So, it's, <laughs> yeah, there's quite a few lads that have uh, done quite well. Yeah, so so basically we would uh, we would go training on a Thursday night at Strood Sports Centre and you'd, you'd only get sort of half a pitch and only an hour to to sort of demonstrate what you got, if you like, you know, and... Yeah. Uh, so, so that, that was quite tough uh, to do that in that period. And then it was games on Sunday. So, but it, but it wasn't every Sunday. So that, that worked quite well. because we were still playing for youth teams on Sunday. So that still managed to carry that on. Uh, but I, I vaguely remember the first game was against Brighton. And we, we played up against a quite strong Brighton side, they were. And that was at the garrison in Ginnon they used to play. And uh, sort of went to the first game. And I remember I was hoping to play centre-half, but actually they, they put me out right 
sort of wing back. What he'd seen in them two games, he thought I was very quick and put a nice ball in. So the first game was, was right wing back for me, which is a little bit unusual. So I was a little bit nervous playing there, never really played there before. But I had quite a good game, actually. And uh, I remember playing that game and going up for a header and the guy elbowed me and getting a great big black eye, you know, and quite didn't offer. And, uh, but I was quite, quite pleased, really, because the next day I got to go into school, you know, with this great big shiner. Of course, everyone wants to know who you had a fight, you know, what's happened there. So then you can always tell it, you know, oh, I was playing for, for Jules, you know. So, uh, oh, nice one. Quite a, quite a good tale to tell. Yeah, so, so that was the first game there. And then the second game I played for them was uh, against West Ham. And that was a way trip up to Chapwell Heath, the actual training ground, yeah. which I think you, you know well because you said you used to live around the area, Tony. Absolutely, didn't you? yeah, I've been to the ground. Here at Belmont Banter, we always try our best to bring you a quality podcast. At times, the audio quality is not what we would like. This is due to the signal dropping out during recording, which is not evident live. We are always trying to improve. And hope that you continue to stay listening to us. Yeah, so uh, so it's quite interesting because turning up, there was all flash cars in the car park. And what had actually happened was the first team were due to play on Monday night. So they was all in for training on the Sunday. And so we, we were basically in the, in the dressing room next door to them and all the players were there. And yeah, it, it was a... A real starstruck moment. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, but I mean, we got some more kids. That was all in the boot room coming out past you. Um, I think, like I say, I think uh, Frank Lampard was there then, Rio Ferdinand, Neil Ruddock, people like, you know, quite star, star names. And uh, of course, Harry Redknapp, he was wandering around, you know, you sort of, next to him, you could hear him talking and everything. And so that was uh, that was quite an eye opener, really. It's yeah. real exciting times, you know. But unfortunately, the game didn't go very good for us. We got Smashed about 12 nil, I think it turned out. But that, that, that was a real, uh, very good side they were. So, uh, yeah, that, that was uh, a bit disappointing. But bonus was to get to see all the uh, Premier League players there. So that, that was quite cool. And then, uh, but basically after after that, really, we had a few more training sessions. And it was coming towards the end of the, the season. The, the guy running it was Ron Hilliard and a guy called Kevin Bremner. Basically, they, they called a, a, like a team meeting. They just said, basically, they're only looking to take two YTSs on. Being, you know, we're going to let you know who's going through and who's not. So then, basically, uh, we had one more training session. And at the end of that, he, they, they called us over one at a time and just told us they were releasing us. It's, it's not going to work for us, you know. So uh, that, was, that was quite a disappointing time. A little bit hard to take, really, you know. I haven't had very long there. Haven't really had a chance to show, maybe. So yeah, that that was that was a little bit of bit of a, uh, a sour taste in the mouth and, and a little bit disappointing. But um, yeah, we sort of dusted myself off, carried on playing for my brother's team for a little while, and then because I was playing youth football as well, because I was playing Saturday and Sundays, playing for Sheppey. I think it was it would have been under 17s then. I think. And the first team manager of Sheppey wanted to have a look at us. So that was Mel Watkins at the time. And uh, I went down to Natchball to play like friendly early doors of that season, played half a game and he wanted to sign me there and then. So that, that was quite a big lift for myself, you know. So uh, at 16, signing for the Kent side, it, it was, yeah, it was quite good. And that, that season I did quite well. I think I played third game in was an FA Cup game. We won that and had a quite a good game in that. And 
the I remember the chairman afterwards coming up to me congratulating me how well I'd played. And uh, but he, he was more interested in the fact that he was still the youngest player to play for Sheffield in an FA Cup game. I think he, he beat me by by three months or something like that, you know. And so uh, yeah, so I think I might maybe I might have been the second youngest player to play in the FA Cup for Sheffield. I don't know. I'd have to look in the uh, in the history books, you know. So uh, yeah, so, so that was quite good. And then uh, at the end of that season, we actually made it to a, a cup final. Which at the time it was against. We, we finished sort of mid-table in that in that season. I mean, we, we had people like Mark Lane in goal that you know were from uh, Whitstable time there as well. But yeah, so Ramsgate were the, the, the league leaders and they were the favourites. And the game was down in Ashford Townsend, which by the end of the season it was it was terrible pitch and it was a really wet day. Uh, the ground well, I was lucky to be on really. The ground was like a bog, you know. But again. Got to start that game. Quite proud that you know got the the nod to start at sixteen in a cup final. Big old big crowd there. Ramsgate had brought a lot of a lot of people with them, but we held on. We had a player. I think it was Glenn Barlow was sent off early in the second half, so we, we were really hanging on in that game and did well to hang on. And, and it went to penalties. Me being sixteen, you know, you were sort of put to the. I was the last one to take a kick hoping that he wouldn't even get that far, you know. So uh, I remember everybody scored and it, and it was getting, I could remember looking at the old man on the side there, it's getting closer and closer to me, you know, and thinking, oh, buddy, I've got to take one here. So up a step, walk, longest walk ever, you know, up to the penalty spot. All the crowd were behind the goals, shouting and screaming. And I, I thought, felt pretty confident, you know, And uh, but the legs, the legs were gone. You know, it was a hard game and only 16. And I, I stuck it wide. And uh, I'll never forget all the crowd ran on, hitting you on, you know, tapping you on the back. Devastated, really was devastated. Missing a, I think it was the last cup final Sheffield had been in since they reformed, you know, that, that was the last last time. And uh, I'll never forget the picture in the local paper of me being unconsolable, being dragged off the pitch, crying. Uh, that was all over the back page of the local paper, you know. So <laughs> mega tease to that by all my friends, you know, that was, uh, yeah, it was hard to take that. It was bad enough missing the penalty, let alone that all over the back pages. So uh, I bet you still take stick from that. Yeah, on uh, special birthdays, on some of the friends still somehow got a picture of that, and uh, they uh, yeah they take a uh, hot with joy in uh, sending me that. So uh, I'm expecting another one soon. Yeah, but no, that 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 was that was the only disappointment. But the uh, at the end of the season, I got a it wasn't too bad. I got managers player that season as well. And so we, we all met at a place called the Abbey Motel and they did the presentation there. The, the, the strange bit about that presentation, as I was remembering back the other night, is uh, the guy presenting us was actually dressed as Gary Glitter, which <laughs> this day I don't why, you know, uh, I've got, uh, I've managed to find this guy dressed as Gary Glitter in the presentation, you know, one, I think Laney got a supporters player, you know, and we've been pictures of us with our arms around Gary Glitter, you know. So, yeah, that, I found that quite bizarre, really. Yeah, so, so that season finished quite well for me. But then uh, the only thing then is the manager decided to leave. Mal Watkins stepped down. And as it happened, we had Glenn Barlow was playing in the team. And so his brother Wayne decided to come. He'd been, I think he played for Darth uh, Wayne. He, he took over and he brought, basically really changed the side up, you know. Quite a lot of the old faces left. I think Laney stayed around. I think he, he he stayed. Although Paul Piggott, I know you've had on here. I think he came along as well. 
and a guy called uh, Peter Overton. I don't know if you've ever heard of yes, Peter I, Overton. I know Peter, yeah. yeah. Yeah, really sad story there because, he, you know, he, he was a really good, fortunate, he passed away. He, he was an outstanding player. I think he, he went on to quite good things. But um, he come down, yeah, he was a great player to play with. And, yeah, so I, I, I think about a season and a bit under under Wayne there. And, and then it, it got a little bit strange in one part of the season there. Must have been sort of January time. Uh, this is in the 2000s. I remember Deal were going places. The guy called Tommy Sampson had taken over there. He bought a lot of top players to deal that you know that they were uh, spending a lot of money and come January I had a phone call from him he was interested in signing so with the rain he basically offered really good offer it was you know uh, quite a few hundred pounds a week boots you know he offered to take us down there and stuff like this so it was a really really good offer and I remember sort of thinking about it for all of about half hour and then uh, I've made a lot you know yeah I'm definitely interested you know so I phoned him back instead of being interested and was going to meet at a hotel on the, on the A2 somewhere near Faversham because that's where I was working at the time. So we'd arranged to meet there and then it come the day we was going to meet him. I got another phone call back saying he's running late, stuck in traffic, he'll be able to make it. But he said, uh, as it happens, we, we're playing you Tuesday night, Sheffy. He said, what we could do is we play the game uh, and then we'll do it after the game. So, okay, that, 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 suit, that suited me. So... Off I went down there on Tuesday night in the dressing room, sort of had, you know, a little bit of excitement about that I was going to sign for them. But also I got to, to play a game and maybe maybe show what, how good I was, you know. And uh, But five minutes before I was due to go out, it was all changed, the uh, club secretary came in and he called me out, said he wanted to work with me. Went out and basically somehow he'd found out what was going to happen. And he said, if, if I sign, that they'll go to the, the football league and get me banned for playing for an illegal approach, you know. So my hands were pretty much tied. I wasn't sure that I was contracted to Sheffield, but that, that they were under the assumption I was. I don't know if it was something to do with my age, that they couldn't do that. I don't know. So basically, I couldn't, the move never happened, you know. And as it turned out, it was quite gutting because, uh, like I say, deal went on to playing the uh, FA Vars at Wembley. I, I sort of missed out on, on, on that opportunity to do that, which was another sort of kick in the teeth, really. So, I was, yeah, a bit gutted about that because I say it's not every day you get to play there. So, yeah, that, that, that was a little little bit sad, really. But, yeah, and, and that sort of left a bit of a bit of taste in my mouth, really. So, I finished the season with Sheffield. And I think I think Wayne Barlow then, just before the end of the season, stepped down and Jeff Recall took over. So, he, he, he came into the... the to finish that season off. But the, the club were in a bit of a sorry state then, I think, and things weren't going great. There was a lot of money being wasted because obviously they were playing at uh, Central Park and Sitting Bomb. And that was costing obviously a lot of money to, to play there to ground share with Sitting Bomb. So luckily for me, I had another phone call at the end of that season from a guy called John Roseman. Whitstable Town Football Club's main sponsor is Fibertech UK Limited. And he offered me the chance to come down to, to play for Whitstable. Again, at the water end, I had a little think about it. And uh, John come round to see me at home, actually, sort of persuaded me to, to sign, you know. So, and that, that was pretty much how I ended up at, at Whitstable, you know. So, uh, yeah, so the first, 
first uh, sort of season there, it was quite good. I think we got to cut final, didn't we? Yeah, we did. In that first season, you know, he brought a lot of the London boys down with him. And yeah, that, the cut finals, it's quite uh, quite funny. I was thinking back, it was quite strange because still being quite young then, the week before that cut final, we'd, we'd arranged to, I think it was meeting at, who's up church, golf course, was going to meet there for breakfast, you know. But before that, he said said to us, we all have to turn up to the game in uh, girls' thongs. In so in wearing girls' thongs, you know, like a pair of knickers. So uh, me being me, I thought, has he said this to everybody? Is he winding me up? You know, and I'll never forget it. We had, this was, we had to do it. So I don't know if it was a, I don't know if it was a ritual thing that he did before cut for one. Wow. That really was strange. And uh, all I can remember thinking in my head was I didn't have a girlfriend at the time. So I was thinking, who's, who's phone am I going to wear? You know, so I had a real panic on. I can't go and ask my mum, can I borrow your knickers? You know, turn out my mum's knickers. I thought, no, I can't, you know. So I had a real big panic on. Luckily, I've got, got a sister. So I, I had to sneak into her room, steal, steal one of her phones, and sheepishly sort of wear it on the day because I thought, I don't want to be the only one that didn't do it in case everyone's done it. And then you, you know, you get you know, the one out, yeah. You know. So so I had this so wear got suit on and everything, and got wearing his bloody thong. But we we we, we turn up late and I, I was a bit late at the uh, to meet for breakfast. And I'll never forget walking in, everyone else was sat down and they had all ordered. Uh, and, the, and the sort of waiters come up to me and said, you know, everyone's ordered, what, what would you like? Of course, I've just looked on the site, well, I'll have the full. Full Monty, you know, the full English, you know. So uh, anyway, so I go and sit down and this and you know, a little bit later on that some lady comes out holding this full English. Who's all I always remember John stand, who oh, the bloody hell's all with the full English before cup final, you know, like this. Of course, I couldn't put my hand up, I was too I was only young, so I was too scared to say it was me. But I think in the end, I think uh, I think Braggy, Jason Bragg ended up eating it, and I had a little bacon sandwich. But yeah, I just assumed everyone. Everyone in there had ordered the full English, you know. So, yeah, I felt really bad. Brilliant. Uh, but then, uh, yeah, anyway, so we, we got to the ground and then, yeah, we all had to show our, our thongs off, which is a really strange. Just still to this day, don't know why, what the idea of that was. I don't know if it was to stop everyone getting, you know, uh, to break the ice a little bit, yeah. taking that off, you know, taking your mind away from the... Which I suppose it worked for us, really, didn't it? Because, you know, we, uh, we won that again. Another penalty shootout. Again, the same number I was up taking it. And I, I think everyone in the ground floor was going to miss it. And uh, I didn't. I smashed it in. And I remember doing the old kissing the badge, you know, running yeah. away as if I'd won the World Cup, you know. So, uh, and then I think after me, it was Hookie, Lee Hook, yeah. who uh, stepped up and uh, took the penalty and won it for us, didn't he, I think? Yeah, because it went, was it 13, 13 times? It was something a, like that, wasn't it? And it went round again. Or did it, 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 it went, went round again. again. It went round yeah, again. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think that's taking the second one. No. <laughs> no, so I was, uh, yeah, getting a bit nervous again. I've done, done the, the first one. But yeah, yeah. so that, that was quite a, quite a good day, that. Yeah, really, really loved that. That was, uh, yeah, and I, I think that was one of the, the first times that Whistable won for quite some time. Mate, for a long time, yeah. 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 We, we all thought you we all thought you were heroes, mate. Don't worry. Absolutely. Yeah, well, well, I remember going out one night after that down through Whitstable and you were treated, you know, fruit drinks on the on the house, you know, and all the rest of it. It was brilliant. I loved it. It was absolutely fantastic. And 
first time, because I'd played at Central Park a lot for Sheppey, yeah. and there was never any atmosphere there whatsoever. You know, it was, it was such a big stadium. But for that cup final, well, I think we had a really good turnout, and, and yeah. the fans were singing behind the goal. You know, you could hear them on the pit, and it was brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I'll never forget that. That was, uh, yeah, really stuck stuck in my mind, that one. But but again, I'll say, I think the whether it's the following season, we uh, finished about mid-table, and uh, we got to another cup final, didn't we, down in uh, Folkestone. Um, and that, that, that was against Maidstone, which I think we did quite well to get to that. So it was sort of carrying on momentum. Yeah. I think the only the only thing with that is that John had left by then, and then. So yes, uh, I yeah, think... Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, Matt, Matt Tom's had taken over, which, again, I, I played with Matt at Sheffield. He was another old pro, Maidstone boy. I remember, I think I actually probably went, because I think they used to play gin in them on a boxing day. It used to be yes. Maidstone gin in them. Yes. That was always and a bit like ourselves. was always Whitstable Herne Bay boxing day. Uh, was it boxing? Or New Year's Day, wasn't it? New Year's Day, yeah. New Year's Day, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, so literally that, that cut final against Maidstone, Another one really sticks in my mind because they had quite a good game in that one. And I remember they had a really, really good side. They did. And they had a, an old pro, Steve Butler, yeah. who literally the season before scored the winning goal for Gillingham in the playoff. You know, and then the second season there, I am marking him in the cup final. Whitable versus Maidstone. So, Amazing, and uh, yeah, I think, I think I had quite a good game. I don't think he scored. And I think I sort of marked him out of the game, you know, so... Uh, I was, I was, even though we, we lost, I think it was quite a tight game. I don't know if I remember the score. I think it was only 1 0, I think. It to was 1 0. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, so again, not bad performance to, to play against a, a guy who literally last season and that, scored the win. And winning. that pitch down there, it's changed now, but back when you're talking about, it was quite right. a sandy, dry pitch, wasn't it? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, now I'll say I haven't been down there for, for a long time because I mean, we never used to, I didn't used to really play there because they folks were in the league. That's above right. at the time, but yeah, I mean, p- pitches going talking about pitches now. I mean, a lot of them have gone to lot 3G, haven't they? Time yeah, so, yeah. I mean, I think Sheffield, where I am now, I think they're talking about changing theirs because I mean, they spent a lot of money on their pitch. That's beautiful, uh, isn't it? yeah, fantastic pitch down there, yeah. And uh, so it's a shame, really, because I, I, I wouldn't be any good, really, because I, I hate playing on uh, on too much like a slide tackle, you know, getting getting muddy, you know, you can't uh. Yeah, you can't beat that. Um, instead of, but, instead but, of getting yeah. mud, you get carpet burn. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I mean, Sydney used to be like to be fair, it's covered in sand. You used to cut. Used to, I think half my skin still on that pitch now. I think <laughs> you know your knees and that. God, yeah, terrible. But um, so where did you no, move but, on from Whitstable then? Yeah, so I think it was sort of really towards the end. I remember after that game, quite a good game, and I remember we all went back to the to the clubhouse afterwards and had drinks and that and. And Matt was sort of looking to build a team for next season then. And I remember him sort of calling us in one at a time to discuss what we want to do next season and these plans and everything like that. And like I say, it sort of stuck with me really because he sort of called us in and at the time I was on a contract at which the ball. Not that that made too much difference, but I mean, basically he didn't want to give me a contract again. So in a way, I wasn't sure if he wanted to keep me, if I was in his plans or not. So it put a little bit of doubt in my mind. But I stayed anyway, and I think played the next season with, with Matt there. And then I had a, a, a team local to me called Sheenest East. And a guy there is a manager called Dave Downs, which I think is another old uh, Whistable player. And, and Sheffield United, he used to play for Sheffield as well, quite a good player. And uh, he, he basically, they were playing, they were doing quite well. There was a league below us, 
but they had a couple of cup games against teams in our league and they've done very well and it it sort of got me thinking you know it's five minutes down the road yeah local side yeah local side I know a lot of the lads that play there can have a drink after the game you know all the wrong reasons really because you know I I enjoyed my time at Whistleball so much so it was a really it was a it was a really uh, difficult choice really but I I just sort of started a young family as well so that, that was on my mind and and so yeah so I decided to go there basically yeah play, play must be quite a few seasons there as well too, I think I think Dave Dave left and then Jeff Jeff Recall took over for yeah. a little bit and was playing under under Jeff there again and, and, that, and that was basically how it ended up really I, I sort of uh, played there as long as I could I mean for me I, I think you know we hear about sort of burnout now from probably players um that at the time you didn't really you wanted to play as much as you could, you know. And I, and I think for myself, looking back now, probably over did you know I was playing Saturday, even when we was playing for we're still playing on Sunday, the, really Sunday Sunday morning, yeah. I mean, Sheila Steves had a really good Sunday side. It was a lot of Kemp players were playing that, and I got roped to play and I played two games a weekend, then plus all your training through the week as well. And I, I think by the time by the time I got dirt, I was my legs were gone, you know. It, it was. Mm, sort of the burnout side of life. And, and I did play with a lot of injuries all the time. You know, I, I just love to play football and, you know, just a bit of strapping and, and carry on. You know, you wanted to, wanted to play at the weekend. So that was... If, if you have a busy, busy Saturday, you play, you know, a really hard game, then you've got your Sunday football, then you're training yeah. on the Tuesday. If you're not yeah. training on the Thursday, or sorry, if you're not training on the Tuesday, you've got a game. Then you train on the Thursday and the cycle starts again. So it's almost yeah. like you're playing four games a week. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, even when I was younger, I used to play twice on a Sunday. I'd play, I'd play for the youth first and then I'd play for a men's team in the afternoon. You know, I just wanted to, just wanted to play, play football. I did you know, that it, as well. When I, was yeah. in, when I was about 14, I mean, I'm going back a long time, so believe me, there wasn't any trouble with it. And my mum and dad knew no. exactly what was going on. But me and one of my mates around the corner from where I live, whose name was Tony as well, we used to play a game of football, and I can't remember if it was play in the morning in Whitstable and then cycle to Canterbury and play, or cycle to Canterbury and then back to Whitstable. But, we, yeah. you know, you did it. You had all the energy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, of course you did. Yeah, yeah, you did. yeah that, that sort of side, of, like I say, with the, the sports science now, and, 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 you know, with injuries and stuff like that, it's so... And even diet and you know drinking and stuff like that, you know you're gonna last longer and you you know doing the right things but then yeah. days i mean you finished playing the first drink was a point wasn't it? It, was, it was you know did you never consider management um, i say i've got a young young boy and uh when he sort of turned i think it was six or seven they could start sort of playing you know um sort of took him along a few times and uh, it sort of dawned on me how, how serious it's, it's taken even at that age now with uh, pressure put on by parents and stuff like that. And it, in a way, I was quite fortunate he, he lost interest. Being even around that small period of time, just watching... I mean, I mean you, you had a lot of coaches there. I mean, they're, they're not even... I don't even know if played football themselves, you know. They're, they're just... Because it, in a way, it's, it's sort of a childcare for some people that just take their kids... For an hour or so, get rid, you know. But some of the, the dads running it have actually never played, you know. But they're, they're willing to do it, you know. So you can't you can't knock them that no. for doing it. But at the same time, you sort of take a step back and, and you sort of the pressures that they're put, you know, expecting to be a Premier League player, you know. And it's sort of uh, 
it's sort of dawned on me how serious it's got now and how much of a, a business made football's become more than the enjoyment side of it. I've got to pay you a compliment here because I think you've done the right thing. There's no point if the child's not interested. So no, no, definitely. That's why I had to say to my wife, you know, you rather, I think with football, you rather, you want to do it, isn't it? You shouldn't need anybody no. telling you to go, you know. And I mean, even part of the period of my time playing, I sort of fell out of love a little bit with it because it does become very regimental with things you're doing all, all the time, you know. I mean, even from, you couldn't go out Friday night, you had, you had to play football on a Saturday. You turned up sort of still intoxicated, you know. You have a terrible grab. People are going to get found out, you know. And this was, you know, growing just a bit starting at a very young age, missing out on when you've got your friends phoning you up, you know, you're coming out, coming out on a Friday night. It, it's, it's different, you know, for me, I wanted to treat you as professionally as possible. No, uh, and because I know it affects my performance. So, you know, when you've got people watching you and, and paying to watch to watch you, you know, it's uh, it's only the right thing to do is, is not do that and be professional as possible, you know. So, you know, that's a funny thing you said then, because it's never really dawned on me too much, but you just said it, paying to watch you play. And even if it's yeah. only a fiver or three quid or ten quid, whatever it is, they're investing in watching a good game, aren't they? That, that, that's, that's right, you know, expecting you, to, you know, when you, you pay your money, you, you want to, you don't want someone coming in, coming in still drunk for the night before, do you? You know, it's all, which I think, you know, it did happen, don't get me wrong, because, yeah. but you could see it, couldn't you? You know, as people watching on the sideline, I think you would know if someone, you know, everyone has bad games and so on, but yeah, you'd get found definitely a decent standard. You, you'd get found out if you, you've been out a lot before, definitely. Well, I remember, I, I remember once there. I think it was a uh, an FA Vars game. I think on a, on a, I actually went out on Friday night. It was a nightclub called Amadeus at Rochester, and I knew I had an important game. Friends twisted my arm, you know, and uh, I remember going to that game. And I had a terrible, terrible game. And I just scored an own goal from the halfway line against Mark Lane. It topped my head and bounced all the way back and over him, bounced over and went in. And I remember getting dropped the next game. And that, that, that was a lesson learned. And you just couldn't... Well, yeah. we're a bit time sensitive here on what we do. And it's been a great uh, chat with you tonight. I thoroughly enjoyed it. This is, uh, I wouldn't say this is part two, but we had an attempt uh, a week or yes. so ago and the sound, yes. sound wasn't any good. But you've been no. brilliant again, Gail. So I thank you very much for coming on, mate. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank yourself and uh, everyone at Whistleball for doing this as well. It's really brought back some uh, some great old memories and what a great what a great club Whistleball is. You know, one of the like I say the best best club I've ever been to, definitely. And uh, and like I say the actual uh, family feel, uh, the chair the chairman and every, everything about it is fantastic. You know, and, and uh, I know that from lots of lads from the island that have played for Whitstable before, all, all say the same thing, you know. So, yeah, d definitely, uh, really, thanks for doing this, Tom. Roy, you're welcome, mate. I'll tell you what, the thanks are all mine because, you know, I think you're either 40 or 41 or 42. I can't remember how many uh, we've done now. But, wow, yeah. there's another, another quality Belmont Banter interview. Thank you, Dale, very much indeed. So, ladies Thank and gents, you. from me here at Belmont Banter and Dale Wicketts on the other end of the phone via Zoom, it's good night from Dale and good night from me. Cheers, everyone. Whitstable Town Football Club's main sponsor is Fibertech UK Limited. They are providers of optical fiber services to the telecoms industry, specializing in optical fiber provision, local and long haul. We offer a full turnkey solution to our clients throughout London and the south of England.
Contact us through the website for more details. Your host, Tony Rouse, every week on Belmont Banter for news about local football in Kent and beyond. I do hope that you've enjoyed today's episode of Belmont Banter. Don't forget there's a new episode out every week which comes out on a Sunday night, early Monday morning. And you can leave your suggestions for a guest to invite at the end. And leave a like and don't forget to pass it on to all your mates. Cheers.